This episode of the Golf Gambler Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you get a risk-free bet for up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. And we're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for the free daily video picks from the SGPN crew. It's like YouTube for sports gambling. Make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. And we're also brought to you by Riffer. Riffer is your home for mini podcasts from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Subscribe to our Riffer channel today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash R-I-F-F-R. All right, welcome back, you DJs. It is the Zurich time. Uh, so if you're listening, we know you're a DJN. We love these type of tournaments for the most part. This one, you know, whatever. We'll still get our money down, but we're really going to focus on uh, on some of the upcoming major. And uh, and Steve's going to drop some knowledge on us, so we can hopefully get some good numbers at some guys that uh, are going to uh, to lead us to uh, to lots of money. So uh, it's myself, Boston Capper, and the God of Golf himself, Steve. What's Shermer? What's up, buddy? Uh, I mean, I just woke up from my nap from uh, you know over the weekend at RBC Heritage. That was a that was a yeah. snoozer. Of a it was terrible. Listen, yeah. I was so yeah. I was so happy I was away. I was like I was like, oh, this is boring as shit. Nice, thank God. Like, I don't yeah. to, I'm not I, sweating. I, sweating. Yeah, Sink, Sink did you a favor by running away with it on. Uh, it, was, it was over after Friday. I mean, it's at 63 63. And then, you know, everybody got excited. I mean, I think everyone in the world had a Morikawa bet. Uh, I was on record of saying, well, you know what? Maybe that's overrated. Pete Dye golf courses. And, you know, that uh, that take I got shoved in my face. But, uh, you know what? On Sunday, though, he didn't do great, and uh, you know it was just all about the Sink family on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, you listen, good for him. Uh, Forty-seven years old. I did not think uh, of the two guys who are two-time winners this year. It would be Bryson DeChambeau and Stuart Sink. Opposite ends of the fucking spectrum. Yeah, completely. But uh, no, I mean, I I remember when we um, around his first one back at the Safeway. That was when we first doing the podcast. We were talking about the secret to success for him. He's gained a ton of distance off the tee. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not short that, at all. No, he isn't anymore. And I, and I think this is th- what Stewart Sink is doing right now is I think what Phil wanted to do. And it went really horribly for him. But Sink, I mean, like, he hasn't lost much of his accuracy. He hits it a mile off the tee now. And, like, his iron's good. He putt great. And... That's how you do it. So you just putting from off the green. It was ridiculous. I know. Yeah. I mean, when you shoot back to back sixty threes. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. you're gay. Well, actually, I think on Sunday he actually he didn't even hit a putt at all. Just he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he knew he was in cruise. He just couldn't didn't want to lose the tournament at that point. The, right. Um, I mean, the only guy that came close on Sunday was Grillo, and then there, there was uh, Will, uh, who does a lot of good tennis bets uh, on our Slack channel. If you yeah. want to go uh, follow him, he's up like thirty units over the past like week or so on so. tennis. Yeah, you should go join the Slack channel there. I mean, right. uh, they're they're making money just like we are. So, talk about, um, about Will Will Mormon, right? Yeah, yeah, Will okay. Mormon. Yeah. So, anyways, he was like, "Oh, who should I fire on?" I'm like, "Oh, you know, maybe Grio, but I don't know if I trust his putter a whole lot in order to make a run." And right on cue, Grio missed like a five foot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Yep, oh, this thing's over." So, yeah, sink wins. So, what what do you think about the chatter to put Stewart Sink on the Ryder Cup team in September? Uh, yeah, that yeah, that, no. that face says it all. Yeah, no, like I, I and look. He, while he is longer off the tee, I mean, the, it was insane. Like I feel like he's comfortable as close. Obviously, he's won here. Uh, 
So he knew where to miss, right? Like the dude, what did he hit? Like eight fairways in the first two days or something stupid. Like he was all over the place, but he, he missed on the right side and was obviously insanely hot with his butter and his irons. Like, no, no, no thanks. There's way too many, way too many younger golfers who are, who are better. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you look at some of his other results, I mean, play well, the masters play well, Honda. I mean, this is kind of a crescendo for him, but otherwise between the Safeway and a couple of weeks ago, he really didn't do anything. No. Uh, he's still like, even though he's won twice, he's only 24th in Ryder cup sta- uh, points. That's not great. No. And it's just, there's, it's, it's really crowded at the top of the leaderboard there. So there's too much talent he, on the Americans. Yeah. Much. If he, if he wins again and maybe comes in like a top 10 at a major, like the PGA coming up, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'll start entertaining that, but yeah. no, I, I think it's a cool story. Um, the fact that he, you know, it's him and Westwood have kind of revitalized their career in their late stages. And, and they both keep family on the bag. Like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, you know, that, you that, I mean? that is cool. I mean, like, I, I know CBS really jammed it down our throats, oh, but I, that, I mean, what are storylines that are supposed to talk about, though? I mean, yeah, exactly. you know, no one was making a charge for him. And, you know, the only guy that people you know were hoping to was Morikawa, who reverted right back to the awful putter that we know him to like I, I so I, I'm wondering and you know it's it's it was what I was dreading heading to this week that everyone was on Morikawa and I wasn't and like mm-hmm. it was the FOMO thing I was gonna do and, and the last time we had this was um at the WGC concession and yeah. he had putting great I know is uh, I'm starting to question is what we saw at concession was that just an outlier week? Like, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean oh, shit, man. I don't know. Like, I, I guess you would have to say yeah, just based on what he did, uh, what he's done since. Uh, what's funny is, is like he was talking to somebody on Saturday night. Um, I was outside smoking a butt, and uh, I was reading it, and he was like, uh, he said something. Well, I think I was working on my putter, and I think I might have found something. And he's like, and the guy was like, he was like, well, uh, what did you find? He's like, I guess we'll find out tomorrow. And I was like, fuck. And that's when I fired that stupid fucking anyone but sink that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Like, thanks yeah. for that. Thanks for that dick tease. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it wasn't just the putter though. He was terrible with everything. I mean, yeah, he was not good on that. Yeah, yeah, they, he made a really stinky bogey on two. Yeah, and it culminated with a short miss putt for par. And after that, just the air went out of the balloon and he was done. I mean, it, it, it's hard to handicap Morikawa because it really, and somebody pointed out in the Slack channel, if he was just an average putter, like, he would win, like, every four tournaments. But you just yeah. don't know what you're getting from him. Well, that's kind of why, like, tough. if they, yeah, but that's kind of why if they hang a bad number on him or even, like, a decent number, because we know that if he just, like, he's going to win if he just puts average or above average. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, man. It, it's going to be hard to stay away from him. But, man, that Sunday was bad. Like, bad. Yeah, it, it was. And I had a bunch of matchups uh, against him, which uh, <laughs> all lost. And I actually ended up hedging those a little bit with the top five. And guess what? That lost, too. I actually texted my, co- uh, my co-host here on Friday. <laughs> Just despondent. Just absolutely. <laughs> he was. It, it was what I call you apoplectic, Steve. Yeah. I, like, I do actually, not like apoplectic Steve, man. Yeah. I mean, like, listen, all my pre-tournament matches were terrible. Like, I went, I think, one for two on Friday. I ended up hitting, you know, when they have the circuit breaker and, uh, like, the stock market, you just stop trading. And that's what happened to me on Friday. I just stopped trading after that. <laughs> and actually, you know what? A couple things turned around over the weekend. Some top 10s and top 20s I had. They actually ended up turning around and actually make it, making money. But I, on Friday, I, I texted my co-host here. I said, Listen, all these matchups are going to hit, and Morikawa is going to finish like T six. 
And that's exactly what happened. So <laughs> couldn't even couldn't even hedge those properly. But I don't know. I got nothing else in this tournament. Like usually we do, we talk about the DFS report card, and it, basically chalk hit this week. And except for a couple players, like I was on Hatcher Cantley pretty hard, and it turns out um, the putting woes he had the Masters. Uh, it wasn't just a one-time thing. He actually changed putters. And uh, that went terrible this week. We, we, we really need to fucking Adam Schefter for this shit. I mean, it is ridiculous that we don't find this information out until after. Like, well, here, here's the thing. I had three. I was heavy on three guys. I was heavy on Cantlay this week. I was heavy on Kisner this week. And I am having to pay that charity bet off of Fleetwood. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. But you know what all three of those guys did this week? All three of those guys changed potters this week. And, and the news broke on like Wednesday night. It's like, or Thursday morning on yeah, Golf WRX. Like, where is this stuff like on Monday? Yeah, because this guy's out there watching him do the practice rounds, watching him do shit. Like, come on, somebody's got to spill. Like, come on, man. Like, I don't know. It's, right. uh, yeah, I got to say, that's, that's one thing I'm taking away from here. Like, I, I, I do not do enough. I, I should have done a lot better. Like, I call a lot of the golfers who I liked, did well. I barely bet any top 10s and top 20s just because they are not exciting. But, uh, I mean, two weeks in a row, like, like, come on. Like, I need to start doing the top 10s and top 20s, even though they're not sexy. Like, I I can't just grind with my matchups. I have to grind with the top 10s and top 20s, too. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if you're just off of this tournament like I was, I thought this was going to be a lower-scoring tournament, the weather turn, and then it turned to basically RBC Wyndham. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah, all my matchups went to shit after that. So, yeah, it's just, listen, it was a one-time week. Uh, we got the Zero coming up. We're not going to go heavy on that. We'll touch on that in a little bit. But um, so so one last thing before we close the RBC Heritage, uh, you know, do you have anybody you want to put on a boat or is it too far away right now that you just, you know, have I put Cantley on a boat yet? Uh, I think you have before. Are you sure? I don't know. We need we need someone to go back in time and like somebody needs to track this shit because I don't. The, uh, the, yeah, I mean, look, Cantlay fucking killed me because I was like you. Like, I talked myself into him. I was like, look at this fucking course history. Like, I don't personally like him, but clearly this is a golf course he likes. Ba, 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 ba. Now, just came out in the same fucking limp dick. Like, I, I do not like Cantlay. I just do not. Like, that's okay. it. Like, I'm done with him. Uh, I mean, other than that, I mean, nobody really, like, nobody really killed me other than him and, and DFS as far as, like, betting goes. Like, well, man, what's Sir, what about Sergio? You're high on him, and I think he had a good first round. And then he, he, did. he did. He did. He shot, did. He shot, like, a four or five over or something like that. I was I was pretty pissed about that. But it's Sergio. Like, you know what you're getting when you bet him. You know what I mean? Like, it's different with a Cantlay where um, doubling or tripling the size of my bets on outrights because the number's so short to make it worth it for me. And when I buy in on a guy like that, I expect the return a lot more than fucking Sergio. Sergio misses cut. I'm like, man, it's fucking Sergio. I'm not pissed because I just dumped fucking 3X units on fucking cocksucking happy feet Cantlay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, well, I, I'm going to put somebody on a boat. It's going to be happy. You're going to be happy. It's Fleetwood. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, baby. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I, I, I am done. Okay. I'm done. I like I'm it. done. I, I need to see something from him first, uh, which means he's probably going to go out. And is he playing the Zerk this week? He's actually not playing the Zerk. OK. This week. All right. Well, then fine. He's going to go out probably win the PGA and probably stuff in all our faces. So. Oh, my God, dude. I will. I will. I, I will cry if that happens. You probably will because you're going to have a lot of money against Fleetwood. And then you, not only are you going to lose all those matchups and whatever, he's going to win and dunk on your face. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. I'm not, hey, but how about this? I'm not really worried about it. Yeah. Honestly, I don't think I am either. <laughs> what about your boy, Casey? You worried about him? No, it's 
the putting was carrying him for a while there. And it seems like that has now gone back the other way. Mm. And it started at the Masters, and then he went crosshand in the final round that worked. And that's my fault, because I just know that, like, when guys make, like, an immediate switch like that, usually the first time it works, and then it goes to hell right after that. And that's exactly what happened this tournament. It went to hell again. (laughs) Exactly. Um, That's not encouraging that that's starting to go away. Because now you're going back to old Paul Casey. Basically, you're going back to a worse version of Colin Morikawa. So yeah, that's a good way it's, put it. it's 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 not great, Bob. And not great. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see. I know he's going to play Quail Hollow, which he actually plays pretty well. Quail Hollow uh, in a couple weeks, um, and then the PGA. And there's a lot of things about those two golf courses that fit his game pretty well because it's they're both ball strikers golf courses. But if that putter's not working. That might be pretty disastrous, and and that's what happened this week. So we'll see. All right, cool. I gotta, I actually gotta go back and look and see how many guys. I should have done it before this show, so I'll try to pull it up. But like, who I already have outrights on for the PGA. I know I have a few. I, okay. I, can't, I can't remember off the top of my head. I know I have more than I can think about. So I'm like, hmm, who am I missing? We'll, t- I was, we'll touch on those at the end of the show. Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. So uh, all right, well, listen. Before we break anything else down, uh, WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today, and you'll receive a special offer for up to a $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions do apply. Get details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. Uh, so one number I saw there that I actually uh, liked and a bet that I already had somewhere else, and this is a much better number. Uh, so, oh, no, I flipped the wrong page. Where'd it go? <laughs> it was uh, – it was Bradley and Steele at four at four hundred plus four hundred. Of course, you're betting Keegan this. Of week. course, listen. I somebody I can't. So Steve knows I was very busy. I had some shit go down after work today. So like, it, it was grumpy, tired capper when we first fucking started. Um, but so, so when I was, I only caught little tidbits of shit when I was driving home today. But one thing I heard is that Keegan hasn't lost strokes on approach since last year's PGA Championship. No, he hasn't. He's been great. And that, that's going to work really well in a putting contest this week. Listen, maybe Steele can get hot. You never know. Or uh, maybe maybe Steele gets in and he can be more aggressive or vice versa. Like, it makes sense. Maybe that's it changes true. the mindset. I mean, and the odds you got on win bet for them, though, is pretty good. They they have been playing well. It's, they're a solid combo. Yeah, I love it. That's Keegan, man. Come on. Stop. Don't, don't hurt me. I'm already in a bad mood, Steve. God damn it. <laughs> All right. All right. So. What are we going to do now? Well, why don't we touch on quickly on the Zurich? I mean, th- this is. I said this at the end of uh, last week's episode, which feels like a million years ago. It does. Because um, we, we did like six the week before that. <laughs> and then yeah. we took Sunday off. <laughs> right. So. We did. So th- this is. This is a pretty rinky dink tournament uh, to pull back the current everything. Um, so this is at TBC, Louisiana, which is a Pete Dye golf course, but. Uh, Pete Dye doesn't, you know, his family and his design company don't really promote the fact that this is uh, Pete Dye because this is not a very good golf course. Uh, it's If you go to Google Maps and find out where this is, it's literally in the middle of a swamp. There's nothing around it. I think there's like a go-kart track right next to it. But other than that, like, it's it's a soupy swamp ass open, basically. So in order to spice it up, uh, because Zurich is a major uh advertising partner of the PGA yeah. major sponsor. 
they decide to incorporate, you know, basically spice it up and make it a team event, which is great. Like, I, I, I'd be fine if it was a team event. It was like one on one, like Ryder Cup style. But this is basically the Franklin Templeton shootout on steroids. <laughs> and it's just 70. It's, I think, what, 80 teams. Yeah, it's 80. It's way too And there's, there's a cut down to 35, 35. to Friday. Yeah. It's team event stroke play. So it's two rounds on Thursday and Saturday of uh, foursomes, which is basically every team, whoever has the highest score, gets that's the score for the whole for the team. And then two days of four ball alternate shot, which is kind of cool for television. Alternate shot's awesome. Yeah, which is great for television. Like, I, I think on Sunday it's must watch, you know, especially if there's a couple guys in the mix. But, like, betting-wise, like, it's a, it's a nightmare. <laughs> and, like, it's hard enough, like – trying to gauge like how one golfer is going to do like now ha- try to do a tournament where, you know, basically if one guy just shows up and the other guy doesn't, your team is sunk. So it's tough. Uh, I think for gambling wise, um, throw a couple outrights, just set it and forget it, um, you know, and just go from there. And then DraftKings they have special rules this week. So basically you can only select one person per team. So each member has basically the same salary in DraftKings. Once you select a player, you can't select this teammate. Um, and then you just go from there. So, uh, as far as outrights, um, a couple guys I like, there's some interesting teams. Um, you know, Chris Kirk has been playing really well lately. He's paired up against, uh, pair of Brennan Todd. You know, Kirk's been kind of struggling a little bit with a putter, but his ball striking has been really good. Brennan Todd just lights out with a putter. He can pour on a lot of birdies. They're 22 to one. I kind of like him. Uh, Max Holman, Taylor Gooch, they've both been playing pretty well over the last like month or so. They're paired together at 28 to one. That seems like maybe a good pair for them. They both putt really well, too. They can drain a lot of birdies like them. Um, this is a strange pairing of Roberto Castro and Cameron Tringali. They played really well back in 2019. Uh, I think they finished T9, and Cameron Dragali's been playing great over the last couple of months, and they're 50 to 1, so why not take a shot with them? And then, for whatever reason, David Hearn and Seamus Power are a great combo. But I think they yeah. finished top 10, I think, every single year like since it became a team event. It's because Seamus Power is one of the greatest names in sports history. Okay, well, there you go. Well, he's 150 <laughs> to 1, so he's yeah. Irish, yeah. and I know you're probably going to bet him now that I mention him. So, yeah, 150 to so, uh, 1. So, those are my four picks. I'll probably bet them and said forget it and just you know check the account to see if uh, if there's any more money. Uh, on <laughs> any more money there. So I think I'll actually do the Seamus Power top ten, top okay. twenty. I don't think they're going to win because have they won? I thought they won this event at some point, didn't they? No, the three winners are uh, Cam Smith and Jonas Blixt. Blixt, yeah. And then it was Billy Horschel and Scott Piercy. After yeah. that, and it, it's it's funny. Like I, on last week's uh, telecast, they were promoting the Zerg. They're like, "Oh, Billy Horschel, two-time Zerg Classic winner." I'm like, "Well, I mean, one of them was a team event. <laughs> so, <laughs> really count. Nice. That's that's another thing too. It, it kind of like with the um, with the OWGR, they don't count this event at all. You get no world ranking points. You have no credit for a win. But Palmer got to keep his card for right because of the PGA Tour. It counts. Yeah. But like official record keeping, it yeah. didn't really count. That's funny. So uh, I, I got three down, and I, I need you to talk to me about one golfer who I probably should know. I don't know a lot. I don't know enough about him. So yeah, there's a lot of guys in this that are right on the fringes that I probably don't really have. Oh, no. Say. You'll know. Oh, no. You'll know this guy. It's okay. not very long odds. I just don't know enough about him. The name clicks, but I feel like I haven't seen him in forever. So I'm with you on Homa and Gooch. I like Hovland and Ventura. Um, because so bad though. I know, but I don't know. Whatever, man. Fucking, I'm, I'm getting third. I'm getting. I'm getting that number with Hovland on the team when I got Danny Willett at twenty five to one. Thanks. No, you know. Okay. okay. Like, um, 
And one of the spots we bet if you like uh, Homa and Gooch, uh, they're hanging three hundred, not twenty eight. Um, oh, thirty, not twenty eight. That, that, that number must have moved since uh, I looked earlier. Yeah. So and then so Homa Gooch, Hob Venture. I already told you Bradley and Steele, Kokrak and Perez is one I want to kind of get down on. I'm really scared about betting on Pat Perez. Like that seems ridiculous. He's been okay. He hasn't been withdrawn. He's all right. No. Yeah, the only thing I worry but, about is, is those those two in New those two together little... exactly partying like like yeah, th- yeah I, I think I'm gonna have to skip that one. All right, so yeah, uh, I mean, and no one takes this event seriously, really. Yeah, it, it's so, just it's they're all there for Zurich, pretty much. All right, so Peter's obviously my my seldom uh, seldom talked about spirit animal uh, Tom Lewis. Uh, like, when the fuck was the last time we saw Tom Lewis? <sighs> Didn't he play well at like Corrales or something? Probably. Like, we don't count or, that. Or Puerto Rico, maybe. Yeah, some terrible tournament. Yeah, like, he's one of those guys that tried to come over here. Like, he had some success over the PGA Tour, or on the Euro Tour. Came over here, because I think he got... He played well at the St. Jude mm. last year. Oh, and then he made it through qual- Web.com Qualifying School. That's how he got, like, his tour card. Uh, he did nothing ever since. Okay. He probably should go back to Europe and kind of, you know, regroup, but... Yeah, he hasn't done much since he's been over here. Okay, that's it then. That's all. Okay. All right, there you go. Happy betting, boys. I'm sure we'll throw some first-round leaders out on the Slack channel. Um, And I'm actually going to look into the top 10, top 20s this week, and I'll I'll put some of that out there as well. All right, absolutely. So you want to go in the PGA? Let's do it. All right. So where do you want to start? You want to start talking about the golf course? You know, you want to just do a little bit of that? All right. Yeah, let's start with the golf course, then we can break down like the trends that guys are looking for and things like that. All right, so I'm going to give a very brief overview of the golf course, and a couple in about a month, I'll go a little more in depth about the holes, the architecture, how it's designed, and everything like that. But I'm just going to give you the basic bullet points. So, uh, this is a peak die design. It opened in 1991. Um, it was actually open, built pretty much in an emergency, kind of a fire drill. They were going to host the Ryder Cup, the 92 Ryder Cup. I forget where it was either PJ national or somewhere. It, it basically the players didn't want to play there. Mm-hmm. So they built the ocean course basically as a replacement for that. And they hosted the 92 Ryder cup. It was, it, that's a very famous one. It was by the, it's, you know, called the war by the shore. I think the Americans won like 16 and a half, 15 and a half. Uh, it was a very tense Ryder cup. So, uh, it's also, uh, if you've seen the movie legends of bagger Vance, uh, yeah. all those beach scenes, uh, with, uh, whoever the guys played, uh, Walter Hagen hit mm-hmm. off the beach. Yeah, that's yeah. a Kiowa. So oh, okay. And um, I, I know we talk a lot about the uh, the Xbox golf game uh, in Slack. Yeah. Uh, there's a mobile game called WGT where you can actually play a lot of major venues, and Kiowa's one of them. So it's some of it's behind a paywall, but if you want to play Kiowa and like kind of get a scouting report of like how it plays, you know, download it, play it. You know, it's pretty cool. So uh, as far as design, it's a figure eight design. Basically, it goes out and in, and then the back nine goes out. And it's it's very similar to Whistling Straits out in Wisconsin. That's pretty much a direct, like, uh, comparison if you want to compare golf courses. It's pretty much the same layout. You know, they're both really long. Uh, from the tips, we can, we can stretch to about 7,900 yards. Uh, in 2012, it was only played it only played 7,700 yards. You know, I say only. So <laughs> a couple of interesting things about this golf course. It's... Uh, before the 2012 PGA Championship, it was regressed past pollen grass, which we'll talk about a little later about, you know, what that is, how it's different from, like, Bermuda and bent grass. Uh, the fairways are past pollen. The rough is still Bermuda, but it's only two inches. So, you know, sometimes you go to, like, an Arnold Palmer Bay Hill. Like, it's, like, three, four-inch, you know, Bermuda rough. The ball sinks to the bottom. In two-inch rough, it kind of just sits up top. It's not as big of a factor. And the greens are past pollen. So, 
Um, and then the golf course overall, very open to the elements. It's right on the beach, completely exposed to the wind. Uh, there's not many things to aim at off the tee. It's literally just on an island with no infrastructure around. So it's kind of a tough driving course because there's not really anything to aim at off the tee. Not a lot of trees either. Um, there's a lot of room to navigate off the tee from as far as like fairways and rough because there's not any trees like, you know, that are obstructing you. But once you get past the rough, it's bogs, it's waste areas. It's essentially a penalty stroke if you hit into it. So you got to keep it kind of in the lanes, you know, like you, you know, you don't have to be the most accurate player, but you can't spray it everywhere. And if you have absolutely no control over your ball flight off the tee, you know, for a long day. And then the greens are pretty tough. They're turtleback greens. There's really tight chipping areas around the greens. You know, it's, it's especially the winds are up. It's pretty hard to get up and down for par. So, you know, this is a tough test, especially if the wind blows, um, I know the 2012 PGA got a little bit of rain, uh, but still scoring was tough, except for one guy who was just a superhuman. And we'll talk about a little later that, you know, that leaderboard and why exactly Rory was able to do what he did. Okay, cool. All right. Well, listen, I like, uh, I like that little preview. What do you, listen, I know uh, this is, uh, this is your, uh, this is your favorite part, the courses and breaking everything down. So, uh, I guess this is a good way to roll right into this because you definitely don't need any of this while you're talking about golf courses, all right? So, look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases are loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. you got to go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation for ongoing care for ED, all the comfort and privacy from your own home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan if medication is appropriate. It ships to you free within two business days. Uh, the whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go get go. Just go to getroman.com/sgp and complete the online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to get. Roman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. Get Roman.com slash SGP. Get started now and save $15 on your first month of treatment. All right. All right. There you go. You want to talk about grass types? Come on, baby. I know you're ready for it. All right. So you're going to sit back and let, you know, let, let me watch. I'm going to go so, on mute and, uh, and, and, uh, and sit my gin and tonic. Yeah, I mean, you could probably just go smoke a cigarette and then you know, get back <laughs> up to the differences between past Powell and Bermuda. So. But, but this is actually important because we don't see a lot of golf courses on the PGA Tour or even the European Tour that use past Powell. I mean, they're all bent grass or Bermuda or POA, and there's only a very select few golf courses that have past palm and unfortunately the ones that do have past palm that we'll talk about in a little bit no strokes gain data so there's really not a whole lot to go about it so so what is past palm it's basically a grass that is very tolerant to coastal tropical conditions so like like right on the coast there there's a lot of like salt in the air like you ever buy the beach or something you can like taste the salt in the mm -hmm. air well salt is generally pretty bad for grass but past palm it can survive on it. It still can thrive and grow. Uh, you know, when you're by the coast as well, sometimes the clouds can be rolling. You get some storms off the ocean there. Uh, it still grows pretty well, even with limited sunlight. And that's 
basically what this grass does. So what they noticed when they first planted the Bermuda there, because it's around the coast, like it, they had trouble sustaining the grass there and growing it. They resod everything with pest pollen, and now you have pretty lush conditions, and it's much easier to maintain there. So it's also a vertical growing gla- grass type. Uh, if you contrast that with Bermuda that basically grows to the side. It grows where the angle is. There's a lot of grain to it. Here it's, it's more like a bent grass. It grows straight up. And what that does is balls kind of perch up in the fairway. They perch up a little bit off, you know, around the green. So it's a little easier to, you know, slide the club under the ball and get better contact. And that's why you see, like, with a lot of, like, resort courses, it's past pollen. Because it's generally a little easier to hit off of for, like, amateurs like us. Whereas for me, it kind of lays flat. It's harder to chip off of. It's a little easier to do that. It's also very grabby and sticky grass. So once the ball generally hits the turf, it pretty much stops. Like there, when uh, in 2012, they were talking about differences between Bermuda and Pass Palm, and uh, they were saying that, t- you know, chipping off it, they couldn't bump and run it. They basically have to fly the ball to the hole because they just wouldn't get a lot of roll out of it because once it hits the, the green or hits the fairway, it basically stops. So, um, you know, so it, especially when it's wet, too, it just really just eats. It basically takes all the roll out of the ball. So. Uh, and it also means that the green speeds, you can't really get all that fast because there's just a lot of friction between the surface and the ball because it's so grabby. You know, typically optimal greens rolled about 11 and a half on the set meter pass column. That's what they rolled in the 2012 PJ championship. So they're a little slower on the set meter. Um, you can push it to 12, 12 and a half, but that's really as far as it can go. So the green speeds in the PGA are not going to be that quick. Um, you know, we've had debates on this program about do like slower greens favor good putters and bad putters. My co here has gone back and forth on both ways, so we'll try to hammer out his take uh, before it. But I, I, I still I still think you're making that up. I'm pretty sure well, I I, I'm take. going to find the episode where you said the exact opposite on the Masters podcast. So I, you know, give me time. I, I have vacation coming up, so maybe I'll do that by the pool. So <laughs> that's right. Waste your uh, vacation trying to find an old bad take for me. <laughs> exactly. So, so let's talk about where do we see past Holland grass, and you know what types, what guys have done well there. So on the PJ Tour, there's three. And it's all the uh, the courses that a have no strokes gain data and b they're just they have no shot like so for whatever reason PJ Tour is too cheap to bring all the lasers and everything to Punta Cana or Puerto Rico or Mexico but that's what we do so uh, the Mayacoba the Puerto Rico Open the Corrales uh, Punta Cana Championship all at Pass Palm those are the only three so. What guys have done pretty well there? Well, I can name one off the top of my head: Victor Hovland. His two career wins are on Pass Palm. He won the Mayakobi, won Puerto Rico. So there's something. Uh, Tony Finau, we rag on him for never winning, but you know his only win came on? Came in Puerto, Puerto, Puerto Rico and Pass Palm. Uh, he also has two tops in the Mayakoba. That might be something to look at. And then Graham McDowell is actually, the, he's the king of Pass Palm. So he actually has three wins on Pass Palm golfers. He won the Mayakoba. He's won Corrales. And then now we're going to transition to the European Tour, which will lead to may explain why 2012 happened. There's a lot of golf courses in the Middle East that use past Palm. And one of them is the Saudi International, Royal Greens and Country Club, where they play, you know, the Saudi Open. Uh-huh. So he won that as well. So he's won three times the past Palm. Now he's terrible now. He's not in form. But, I, you know, I think he actually played well in 2012 at Kiowa. Huh. Kind of explains it a little bit. So, uh, some other guys who have done pretty well in these services. Brandon Grace won the Puerto Rico Open this year. He played pretty well. He usually plays pretty well, like Abu Dhabi over in the Middle East. That's also past palm. They have Bermuda Greens, but tee to Greens past palm. 
So it's similar. Um, you know, noble guys have won Mayakoba, Matt Kuchar, Brendan Todd, Charlie Hoff, and Harris English. So, you know, those guys are going to be in the PGA. They're all going to be longer shots. You know, maybe consider them. Abu Dhabi, though, and the Saudi, those are when we get into a little better players. I mean, all the European players, a lot of the top Englishmen, top Irishmen, like they do pretty well over there. So, like, Terrell Hatton won Abu Dhabi this year. Yep. Lee West was a so, former winner. Shane Lowry is a former winner. He won that event before he won the Open Championship in 2019. Uh, your boy, Tommy Fleetwood, won it twice, two years in a row. Uh, Ricky Fowler's even won at Abu Dhabi. He also has played Maya Cobra pretty well. So that's another guy who's going to want to pass. Is power. he even going to qualify? He's not even going to qualify. No, he, he, they'll figure out how to get him in the field. So, and then Paul Casey is a two-time winner of an Abu Dhabi. You know, so there's some power. And then Saudi International, you know, Dustin Johnson's won that twice. Uh, Tony Fino actually also finished uh, top 10 at the Saudi this year. Victor Halvin finished T6 at the Saudi. So there's some DJ, DJ won it. Yeah, DJ won it twice. So there you go. And then another pass palm connection. Do you know what the Bears Club is? No. Okay, so in Jupiter, Florida, this is Jack Nicholas's private club. It's where a lot of like you know the Jupiter guys they all live down there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all play the Bears Club, and that's past Palm. So Roy McIlroy actually pointed to before the 2012 PGA at Kiwa. He said, "Yeah, you know the Bears Club where I play all the time. That's past Palm. So I think I'm gonna have a little bit of an edge on how to play it." And then he went out and beat everybody by eight. So guys, so like guys who live in Jupiter, Florida, which is pretty much everybody, like a lot of the top players. Yeah. They play the Bears Club. They play pass home. So Justin Thomas plays Bears Club all the time. DJ plays Bears Club all the time. And he's won the, you know, Saudi twice. Rory plays Bears Club all the time. He won the Kiowa. So, I mean, I didn't oh. go doing, I didn't go down the Google rabbit hole to find out who's actually played the Bears don't, Club. Don't worry. That is uh, what I'll be doing after this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, we have a month to find out what guys play a lot at the Bears Club because, like we mentioned, this is not a familiar grass type to what these guys see every week. So, I mean, I, if I could make a close comparison, like at least putting wise, probably putts like Bermuda, or I'm sorry, it putts like bent grass because there's no grain. It's a vertical growing grass. It puts more true. So that might explain like how, why Finau has done well in past palm because he does he generally puts better on bent grass. I think DJ generally puts better on bent grass. Like a lot of his wins are on like bent grass golf courses. I think Hoblin plays a little better on bent grass too. So that might ex- like if you're looking for like like you're not going to find strokes gain putting data anywhere on this because shot length's not maintained. If you're looking for like how these guys generally putt. I would probably look more to bent grass because that seems to be a similar role type to pass pollen. Okay. Okay. Well, that is, uh, that is pretty sweet. Um, well, listen, before uh, before I guess we get into any trends, I know you want to hit 2012, too. So we'll hit 2012, uh, and then we'll get into some trends. Uh, but before I do that, uh, where'd it go? Sorry, <laughs> better than Vegas. It's like YouTube, but for what DGens only care about sports betting. We're giving out our free daily video picks over that better than Vegas profile page. Better than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They got a ton of free picks and handicappers to check out. Make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. That's SportsGamblingPodcast.com slash BTV. And listen, Sports Gambling Podcast is now on Riffer. Riffer is your home for many episodes of free picks from the SGPN crew. If you don't have time to listen to an entire episode, Riffer is a perfect quick fix. Make sure to subscribe to SGPN page by going to 
sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash R-I-F-F-R. I'm sure I'll be doing those soon, so I'll put those out as well. And if you'd like short, I can talk really fast. I get a ton of info out there real fast. Yeah, I mean, maybe riffer's not for me because I spent a half hour talking about grass there. So, yeah, kind of hard for me to condense all that yeah, but- into two minutes. But you know what? I will try. Yeah, and listen, that shit—that's I mean, important. You're right; like, it is important. Like, it's a grass type that they don't—that they don't play. And look, obviously, I play in fucking Florida. Shit, like, this is where I live, right? So I'm used to Bermuda. But anytime I play out of state and it's not Bermuda, it is different. It's weird. It's like, oh, well, that—that's weird. Like, I can yeah. actually—I can actually kind of get 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 the ball a little bit around the around the green. Right, and it's interesting to see kind of those like little connections too, as far as like where past palm is and like guys like go like like the hovland like female thing like you know like doing really good in mycoba and puerto rico and then going over to saudi and both playing well i mean listen they're both really good players but there's a little bit of a connection there so and then we're gonna talk about european connection too because I, I touched briefly on abu dhabi we'll get to that basically right now we talk about the 2012 pga so there's I've heard a couple narratives about Kiowa over the past couple months where I think people want to focus on the fact that 7,700 yards and they think it's just a bomber's golf course. And it's not really like I mean, it's long for everybody. But if you look at and there's a great video on YouTube of it just you can see Roy McIlroy's every single shot he hit in the final round, and he was flawless. It was perfect golf. I mean, he missed a couple of fairways, but I mean, the reason why is he hit it long and straight. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that's that's why he just boat raised field. He put really well that week too. But if you look at some of his club choices, and I want to look mostly at the par fours. Like that's really where you want to look at. Like, okay, is this a lesson driver golf course? Is this a little bit of a balance? Is this driver heavy? Well, there are ten par fours on the golf course. Five of them he used a three wood in order to play positional golf, and five he used a driver. So, and then he used you know driver on all four four of the par fives, and then iron all four of the par threes. So. You know, you're using a three when playing positional golf a little more on this place than you think. You're sacrificing distance in order to stay, you know, behind all the trouble. Like, and if, if and when I talk about the golf course in more detail in a month, I'll talk about how it's a typical Pete Dye golf course where you got to play positional golf. You know, he puts hazards inconveniently. You know, the you know the fairway snake a little bit. There's like I, I'm number two, I think, the, or it's your two or three. It's a short par four, but there's a tree right in the middle of the fairway, like about 300 yards out that you got to navigate around. And you know, it, you do have to think away around your golf course. And you know, like I said earlier, even though there is not a whole lot of trouble, like I mean, it's with past pollen. Once the ball hits the turf, it's pretty easy to hit fairways. And the rough isn't that deep, but outside of that, like you cannot spray the ball. So if and if you look at this leaderboard, it's definitely not bombers for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a really good mix of like there's longer hitters, sure. Like Rory McIlroy won. He's a very long hitter. I mean, Bubba Watson finished, I think, like T fifteen. You know, long hitter. Even John Daly played pretty well. I forgot that he was in the mix of this. He was, you know, he he ranked highly still in, you know, driving distance that year. He was still ninth in 2012. I think he was like f- almost 50 years old at that point. Uh, Adam Scott, you know, he was a big bomber back in 2012. But you have all these shorter hitters, too. And there's a lot of Europeans here that play a lot of more like position position golf, better who with their longer the irons. David Lynn? I don't remember who David Lynn is. Oh, I tell you about David Lynn. So he had a pretty good moment from like 2012 to 2014. He actually lost in a playoff to remember Derek Ernst at yeah. Quail Hollow. Yeah. 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 yeah that Derek was David Ernst Lynn. Him. 
So, so I'm like, I, I was looking at this name, and I'm like, I know, I know it, but I can't remember a fucking thing about this guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was basically a shooting star. But so, you know, there's a couple guys on here that, you know, for the most part, you can find like their PGA Tour stats a year, but there's three of them that mostly played all European Tour. They were Peter Hansen. So he was. He was basically a bomber. You know, he was long, but he was pretty inaccurate off the player. He was above average iron player, really streaky putter. Jamie Donaldson, who, you know, he's been on a Ryder Cup team. Like, that, he's famous for the 2014 Ryder Cup where I think uh, he partied all night and they interviewed him on uh, in the morning. He was all hungover. He had, like, you know, mm-hmm. like red eyes and everything. Well, he's, you know, he's the type of guy who's like a balanced driver. He had above average accuracy and length. You know, he wasn't really a great iron player. He's an elite putter. So that's a contrast to Peter Hansen there. And David Lynn, short hitter, you know, pretty accurate, you know, average iron player, but he was an elite putter and an elite scrambler too. And then you have like, you know, Ian Poulter up there, Blake Adams, who was just like scrub, like web top com guy, but he was like a decent putter. He was pretty accurate off the tee. You know, Steve Stricker was up there. Ben Curtis made a run. Like, I mean, he was, you know, really good iron player, pretty accurate. Um, he was a good putter, but he had no distance. Uh, Graham McDowell, you know, did well in this tournament too. He was in the mix for a little bit. Uh, Bo Van Pelt, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a balanced player, really bad scrambler, but he did everything else pretty well. So there, are, are you just, both... are you just skipping over one person just to piss me off? Oh, Tiger Woods. I swear to fucking God, you're doing it on purpose. Who oh, came Peter in Bradley. God damn it, man. Well, like, because I, I, I don't want to remind you of the fact that once upon a time, Keegan Bradley ranked inside the top 40 in strokes game putting, and then they took away his belly putter, and he it just wrecked his career. Yeah, well, he needs to try the arm lock cheating like everybody else is doing now. I think he is, and it's not helping. And that's because it's cheating, and Keegan's above cheating, and he's that's, just going to— That's for another podcast, though. So, yeah, I mean, listen, like, Keegan, like, you know, the only thing he didn't really do well that year was— he was a pretty bad scrambler, but good iron player. Like, so it seems like though, if you want to take like everybody's like strokes gain statistics for 2012 and like try and figure out a common link, because this is all mostly pretty different golfers. The ball striking stats tended to be favored a little more. Like guys who did pretty well, T to green off the tee and approach shots. Like, like their average of these like 20 guys is about 45th. So that's pretty good. Like if you move to like the scrambling category, it's about 85th. Putting is still a little hit or miss. And I, I guess I can explain that too. You know, it's a Pete Dye golf course. You got to hit the ball pretty well, tee to green. Um, the pass palm um, makes it so, you know, once you hit the green, it's pretty easier to hold it. You know, I mean, it's it's wind dependent. So if you're scrambling a little, you know, off the tee, or if you scramble a little more, you know, it's not as important, so guys can get away with it. But here's what's interesting, though. So if you take those 20 guys and take what their average ranks in the PGA Tour in 2012 were between driving distance and driving accuracy, their average ranking was 75th in driving distance. Their average in driving accuracy was also 75th. So literally, this is going to be a pretty wide-open tournament. Nice. You know, there's a lot of guys who basically, if they play their own game pretty well, they can do have good success here. Like, there's no real one way to beat this golf course. Like in 2019, when we went to Beth Page Black. We all knew it was either gonna be Brooks Kepper or Dustin Johnson. Just <laughs> probably, and they finished one two. Yeah, it was. That was one of those ones where you should have bet the fucking um, exact order, like goddamn dog yeah. racing, exacta. You know what I mean? Like Christ, like I can't wait. There has to be another golf course like that coming up because I feel like I, I feel like I missed the boat. I did not bet that. Like, but that is something that is was right up my alley that I should have bet. 
Yeah, I mean, it's probably going to be Tory Pines in a month. So it's it's going to be all the bombers and Patrick Reed. So, so there you go. But back to this term. I mean, there's there's just Sorry. if you look at the 2012 leaderboard, there's a lot of different types of golfers, different types of life. And then, like a lot of these guys are able to do it in their own way too. So, like, let's take a couple of examples. So Justin Rose, like, basically he was a teetering god that year, just an awful putter. But if you look at what he ranked during that week, like he drove the ball really well. Uh, that week, he was he led the field in greens regulation. He was almost dead last in putting. So that fit exactly what he did in 2012. And you look at a guy like Steve Stricker. He finished in the top 20. He was in the mix, too. Not very good driving the ball that year. Did not drive the ball great as far as, like, distance and accuracy. He was missing a lot of fairways. But he did pretty well his irons and putt pretty well, too. That's kind of Steve Stricker's M.O. back then. So he did exactly what he did. You know, Jamie Donaldson was kind of balanced all over the place. You know, he was about middle of the pack with the greens. He drove the ball pretty well and putt lights out. That's what he did in 2012. Ben Curtis, the same thing. You know, he's one of the shortest hitters in the field, but he led the field in, in driving accuracy. That's one an elite quality he had during that year. And he ended up, uh, you know, he hit a lot of greens pretty, you know, too. He was a pretty good iron player that year. Um, so, like, you know, basically, like, if you have a week, I guess if I can sum it up this way, if you want to look at like guys you want to target is, you know, target guys with a couple elite skill sets. And if they have some major red flags, as long as they can kind of like duct tape it around there, you can get you can, you know, you can get around and have some success. And like I, I like I look at this leaderboard and it kind of reminds me of like a classic TPC Sawgrass Players Championship leaderboard, where it just it's like there's a lot of, there's a lot to it. Like you know you get pretty much everything there. And now with the Bentgrass, you kind of get like one type of player that does well there. But back when it was like Bermuda, back when it was in May, it was a little more windier and like firm and fast. You got these weird leaderboards and it didn't seem like it was consistency year to year. It's kind of what I'm seeing here. So. I think you just got to it's going to open up the field as far as guys can do well. And, you know, just take a look about who players are, you know, what they're doing well. If you think that they can kind of mask their deficiencies because, you know, and, you know, and be able to carry them to win because, you know, there's there's a lot of ways to succeed on this golf course as long as you're playing really well at the things you're really good at. Yeah. Okay. okay. I, I mean, how are we going to talk about. We talk about the trends that we were texting about last night. Oh, absolutely. So right. that's Let's... part. So part two was talking about the 2012 leaderboard. Okay. I really want and to talk about And now part three trends. is talking about what you really want to care about. Yeah. Trends. That's it. And right, this, so this break... is just over. This is overall of like who wins the PJ Championship. Right. So, so I look back to 2010. Um, that's 11 PJ Championships, and there's a couple things. So, what types of guys win? Like, where do they fall on the odds board? You know, as far as they do. So nine of the last 11 winners, of the PJ championship were at least 40 to one or better at close. And like, I think, I think there's a little bit of a misnomer that the PJ championship is pretty random and there's more unexpected winners here. I think probably what clouds our brain with that is there's a lot of like in the early, in the mid, in the two thousands, like there's a lot of random winners. Like you had Rich Beam and Hazel Team 2002. You had Sean McKeel in my backyard, no kill, with the greatest seven iron in history. He's got a plaque there. He's a one and done guy. Um, you know, he won. Like Y.E. Yang when he upset Tiger at Hazel Team 2009. But in the last 11 years, generally the favorites have won. 
Uh, the only two outliers are your boy Keegan Bradley in 2011 when he won Atlanta Athletic Club over just yeah. Jason Duffner, who also kind of came out of nowhere that year. That was a weird yeah, That was a weird, weird game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Jimmy Walker kind of coming out of nowhere and winning. I know bite. Yeah, basically winning a tournament that pretty much no one remembers. That was that weird year where they had the Open Championship, and then two weeks later they had the PGA. Yeah. So I think everyone was just kind of golfed out at that point. I it, I don't remember much of that tournament other than Jason Day like hitting a big eagle putt and then staring back at Walker, and then Walker almost blowing it at the end, but yeah. he ended up winning. So, but other than that though, like. It's pretty much every under 40 to one, like seven of the last 11 were 30 to one or better. So it's just it's 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 not a tournament where and I guess I kind of look at like the typical PGA setups. They're kind of like WGCs. You yeah, know, they're they basically. Yeah, just like there's I mean, I think Kia was a little different because there is a little bit that you don't see in other places. But like a lot of these are like parkland golf courses. A lot of them are just like. Stuff we see at all these other places, like right. Valhalla. That that PGA was actually on earlier, and it looked exactly like the Memorial. <laughs> um, I mean, Oak Hill is basically like, I don't know, it's a Donald Ross golf course that I basically can see during the Fantasy Cup playoffs. Or TBC Harding Park, same thing. Right. Like, all these soft golf courses that, you know, don't really add anything new to these guys. But Kiwa might be different. So if there's, if maybe we see a little bit of a longer shot, you know, win this. And there are some good trends though that I have found. So ten of the last eleven drop dollars. Let's go. This all is right. the exciting stuff, man. Come on, right. get excited about it. This, this is, is important. This is, this is the nuggets we all want, man. Okay. <laughs> so ten of the last eleven winners of the PJ Championship had won multiple times anywhere in the world. Could be any show play event. Could be in. Australia could be in Korea, could be on the Corn Ferry tour, could be whatever. They oh, one Corn Ferry counts. Well, I'm gonna cheat one guy when we talk about the list, but no, Corn. I didn't find anybody that won a Corn Ferry event and did this, but I found a lot of guys who actually won pretty crappy events <laughs> that basically qualify would qualify Corn Ferry and still won, so that they count. the The only guy who didn't have multiple wins um, before they won the PGA was Keegan, but he won earlier that year. So he at least had a winner in his belt. The only guy, and then nine of the last 11 at least won once in the last year. Now with COVID, that's that's a little dicey, so maybe take it back two years. I mean, that's a stronger trend anyways. Like even Jimmy Walker had won twice in the last two years before he won. Jason Duffer did the same thing too. So, you know, that that's a good trend. Um, and then nine of the last 11 winners had at least a top 10 in the five tournaments leading up to the tournament. So form obviously is in play. We'll talk. I'll mention in a minute why that might get a little dicey this year, but here's a really weird one. And I think this is your favorite. It is. And I'm not sure how legit this is, but it's a trend. <laughs> um, every single winner of the PGA or for the last 11 years has missed a cut at least once in five events leading up to it, which is odd. It's very strange. So, I don't know if there's anything to it. We'll t- I've we've I've combed basically <laughs> anyone who could probably play this tournament and found out guys who fit all these criteria. Now, where things might get a little dicey is now that this tournament is in May and there's some weird tournaments around it. Like for example, we have talked about ad nauseum. Does WGC match play should it matter? <laughs> 
And I take the position, even though I think it's overrated, I think that probably should matter a little bit because you are playing your own ball. You are kind of in control whether you do well or not. I think it should count. So if you get a top 10 or you win it or whatever, that probably should count towards your tally. I will be using it. But we also have the Zurich thrown in there. I'm not going to use it. <laughs> no, that, that's going to get skipped. Yeah. That, that is a tournament where you have literally no control sometimes over yeah. what you do. I mean, you could play lights out, and if your partner sucks, you're screwed an alternate shot. You're not going to finish top 10. So throw that out. I will be using match play. I know that makes you happy because you think match play should count. Well, but what's funny is, is when I was going through my shit last night, I'm not counting it. it just, <laughs> I'm just not like. So I, I went, I went through mine. And I, I, I start a couple, and and how I did it right now is we're looking at it right now. So, guys, there are, excluding the Zurich, there are three events between now and the PGA where guys could play. So you got to think everyone's gonna play at least once. So I looked back the last four, and I, I and I know I'm gonna have to do this exercise again the week of the PGA, which it didn't take that long. It took me probably about, yeah. about 45 minutes. Yeah. That's not a big deal. So I looked back at the last four and found guys who had at least two wins in the last two years, uh, two calendar years, not two like PGA Tour years, and had at least a top 10, including the WC match play in the last four. So why don't we talk about guys right now, like top favorites who don't qualify? Oh, that's okay. Let's do that. Okay. So, right off the bat, Dustin Johnson doesn't qualify because he hasn't had a top 10 in, like, in the last five. Yeah. No, he hasn't. Uh... Or last, last four, I'm sorry. So, you got to figure he's, he's going to probably play Quail. Yeah. Doesn't get a top 10 there. He does not qualify. So, he does have two wins, but he doesn't have a top 10. So, and, 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 and he missed the cut at the Masters. Well, that would actually help. That would help. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he needs the top 10. He doesn't have it. Okay. Xander Shoffley hasn't won since the century. He's out. So he has not had multiple wins in the last two years. Oh, it was T13. I, man, I fucking swear. Well, he doesn't have multiple wins, so it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'm talking about DJ. I was still looking at DJ. I was like, okay. fuck, I swear. Yeah. It was, so it was T13. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Uh, Jordan Speed does not have multiple wins the last two years. Nope. Out. Hideki does not have multiple wins the last two years. Out. Patrick Hanley does not have a top 10 in his last four. Plenty of miscuts, and though. So What's that? He said miscut, though. Motherfucker. He doesn't miscut. He's had two wins. <laughs> so if he gets one between now and... He won't. All right, we'll see. Uh, Tony Finau does not have multiple wins anywhere no. since 2016. Uh, Tony Fleetwood does not have multiple wins. So he's missed a cut. He's got top 10. Does not have multiple wins. Um, kind of cheated. Uh, I thought Will Zalatoris might... Qualify because he Corn Ferry. Ferry. So he, only won, he only won once in Corn Ferry, so he's out too. Okay. Uh, Terrell Hatton does not have a top ten. Top ten yet. Uh, in the last five, he's not playing great lately. It's mm-hmm. kind of unfortunate. Joaquin Neiman hasn't won since the Greenbrier. He's out. Uh, Cam Smith and Fitzpatrick and Matthew Fitzpatrick. I know they're probably going to be really popular names. They just missed. So Cam Smith has two top tens. Well, I'm talking about the wins. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Cam Smith won the 2018 Australian PGA, which oh. falls just outside that window. And he won the oh, I see. I counted that because it was because yeah, when, when, when I ran when I ran 19, whatever, 1920 season that popped up. Oh, because the Zurich. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not counting the Zurich. 
Okay. Although no, that he won. He, that's twenty eighteen. Uh, listen, uh, no. I, I, I'm trusting no, so, you. So it starts. So, so the two year clock starts with the PGA Beth Page Black. Okay. So his PGA win was the winter 2018. So that doesn't count. He won the Sony. So that's one. And okay. then Fitzpatrick, I think he fell just short too. He won the D, the DP World Championship in mm-hmm. Dubai, and I think he won like the I don't know, Dutch Open or something in 2018. That doesn't count. So those are the top favorites. So who does count? So we're we're gonna, we're gonna ignore the miscuts first. We're just gonna talk about multiple wins the last two years and top ten last four. So of a lot of the big favorites qualify. You, know, you got Rom, JT, Rory actually qualifies because he still has a top ten in his last four. Not by the time we get the fuck. Well, <laughs> that's, that's, that's that is the thing. If it, that may fall off. So, right. but for now he does. Bryson, uh, Brooks. I mean, he hasn't played a whole lot. But he still technically qualifies. Morikawa qualifies. Um, Hovland qualifies on a technicality if you throw out WGC, WGC match play, which I mean, it's probably not going to matter anyways because I think he's going to play at least Quail, probably play one more time. So he needs to get a top 10 between now and the PGA in order to qualify. Yeah. So um, now we're going to say interesting ones. Guys over 30 to 1 to qualify. Uh, Daniel Berger, right. Webson, and Patrick Reed, all of them are thirty about thirty three to one or so. Those are pretty sexy names for Kiowa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so they all qualify. Um, here's cheating a little bit. Scotty Shuffler won twice on the Corn Ferry Tour. Oh, he in his last four. No, no, no. Listen, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> I'm just giving facts. Okay, you can decide if if you want all this to count. Okay, okay. I'm just Corn telling Fer- you guys. Corn Ferry does not count. Fine. All right, Paul Casey, two European, two Euro wins in a top ten. That should count. And Sung Jae he, he, he just missed a cut too. And, well, we're gonna get to that. Oh, all right. I'm sorry. I get excited. Stop. <laughs> we're gonna get to that. <laughs> Sung Jae M counts. He won over in Korea before he won the Honda, oh. and that's in the two year window. It counts. It counts. Fine. <laughs> right. Sergio Garcia has won twice in the last two years, and he's got a top ten in the last four. So there we go. Now we're in some long shots. <laughs> Super long shots. Christian Bezadenhout. Mm-hmm. Now, again, this is cheating a little bit because if you don't include the match play, he finished top 10 in Arnold Palmer. He won twice. He won two in a row in South Africa last winter. Mm-hmm. So he counts. He's 125 to one. Here's a guy who I think you're in auto bet. All right, go on. Matt Jones qualifies. Oh, does he really? He won the Aussie PGA in 2019. How the fuck did I miss that? Because you probably didn't look where I look. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. So he won the Honda, won the Aussie PGA in the winter 2019, has his top in the last four. He counts. Stewart Sink now counts. <laughs> I know. There you go. And then now we're going to get a bunch of guys. I don't know if they're even going to qualify to be in the PGA, but here's some Euro guys who, listen, you're probably burning your money if you do, but just for argument's sake, they qualify. So Rasmus Hoygaard, remember him? He played mm-hmm. Corrales or something. Yep. He qualifies. Do you know who Takumi Kanaya is? He's like the next he's Hideki. Won, he's, he's won a shit ton over in Europe. Yeah, or Japan. Yeah, he's like the next Hideki. He's like this 20-year-old phenom. I thought, like, he, I, thought he, I thought he won over in the Middle East, too. No, he's won no? a couple times. No, okay. he just won last week in Japan. Oh, okay. Yeah, so he qualifies. Antoine Rosner, the guy who took down Bryson at uh, WC Match Play, he qualifies. Oh. He might, yeah, he's actually kind of interesting. So, uh, John Catlin, he's actually an American playing on the Euro Tour. 
He's up to like 70th in the Russell. He actually might play this PGA. They might, he might give him an invite. He qualifies. Some guy named Daniel Van Tonder, some South African. <laughs> he qualifies. Uh, Sam Horsfield, this young English guy, he won twice at the during like that weird like Euro Tour schedule last year where they were playing like the English Open, the Welsh Open, like <laughs> really weird stuff. Welsh. Anyways, he won Welsh. twice. Welsh, not Welsh, not no grape juice. Whatever. And then uh, George Katsaya. Remember him? So mm-hmm. here's an interesting one. So he qualifies. He actually finished top 10 when this PGA was at Whistling Straits. Really? And this is kind of a very similar golf course to Kiowa. So yeah. that might be someone to maybe keep your eye on the radar. If he gets in this field, I have no idea he's going to be in the field. So, yeah. so all those guys, who, there's also the criteria of who's missed a cut in the last four. A couple of them don't. So John Rahm has not missed a cut in his last four. So he's got to miss a cut. Although that's actually another lean. You can miss a cut, but it can't be the start before the PGA. Oh, jeez. So Rahm might... They got, they got two. They got to miss the cut. Not this week, but two weeks following. Well, I'm not counting the Zurich. So that's matter. what I'm saying. It's not this week. That's what I'm saying. So two yeah, weeks I, I think Rahm's only going to play the quail. So He's not missing the cut of quail. Okay, well, there you go. Fuck. According to his lean, he's out. Yes. Bryson Shambo has not missed a cut his last four. So I, I don't think he's a good fit for his golf course, anyways. I'm probably really going to fade him. Yeah. Uh, Morikawa has not missed a cut in his last four. So you can scratch those guys. Everybody else on this on the list that I mentioned, I mean, besides Bazane, who, like, of, like, of the favorites under like 100 to 1, yeah. they count. So here, here's the guys under 100 to 1 that actually fit this criteria of two plus wins the last two years, has a top 10 in the last four, and then we have a buffer event coming up and then has missed a cut. So Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Victor Hovland, if depending on if you care. Daniel Berger, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Scotty Shuffle, which I'm counting, you're not gonna count. Paul Casey, Sung JM, who's interesting, and Sergio Garcia. So that it's all those leans. Now, here's here's another problem with this too. <laughs> it's all changing. Remember how many? No, no, no. Remember how many leans we had about the Masters? Which yeah, your famous one you gave out the one in the morning. But I had a bunch too. Like you right. know, top ten strokes gained tee to green. Yeah. They yeah. won the last year. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Well, Hideki didn't fit, fit any of those. Oh. No, he didn't fit in a single one. Like he was like twenty fourth in strokes gained tee to green. He had won three years. Yeah. Like it just they didn't fit, and he went up winning. Yeah, it's cool. So it's like we said, a trend is only a trend until it is broken. Until it's broken. Yeah, exactly. So, but that's interesting. Now, I'm not telling you to bet like that, but maybe keep that in mind. Like if you're if you're down between two guys, like you know, keep that in mind, and that might break a tie, and maybe that'll end up coming through. So, yeah. All right. All right. Um, and then I I I guess like want to talk about who we bet already? Sure. I already told you I don't remember all of them. Uh, I, I know I got I know I got Hatton and Hovland. Uh, I got down on Reed. Okay. And those. What odds do you have on Reed? Because I'm interested. I think, I think I got him at 42. I don't remember what book I have, man. I'll have to look. See, he's down to like, he's down to under 40 now, and I, I'm waiting at this point. Yeah. I'm saving some bullets. It was on a longer shot. I can't remember who the fuck it was. Oh my God, dude! Keegan is Keegan gonna play? Yeah, Keegan's gonna play. It's twenty five hundred to one. Yeah, so so basically, we're gonna get a bunch of exemptions after the Wales. I think it's anyone in the top seventy 
of the FedEx Cup points if they're not our exempt. And then I think there's like top 60 in the world. I, he should get in. So yeah, twenty five hundred to one. Oh I mean, well, Keegan. Well, Keegan's a former winner of the PGA. Of course, yeah. he's playing. Yeah. So, so I mean, I mean, how can't you? How can't you throw a little chunk on okay. that? <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I, oh, you know what? I think it was Leishman. I can't remember what fucking number I got him on though. Okay. It was only it was only like two weeks ago. Okay. Um, God, I I, it, I know it's, I know it's a I think it's above sixty to one. Okay. All right. How about I go over my list? So, so I got to, I have a couple of regrets. And the guys, like I said, after the Masters, I need to stop playing this value game of betting guys, like especially guys under fifty to one, because I gotta say the bullets. So, I have six right now. I am probably going to stop until the week of the PGA. Okay. Gonna, I, I don't see much movement in guys under fifty to one right now that would pique my interest. So. Guy I regret right now because this turned very bad. Uh, I got Patrick Cantley a 30 to 1. Um, I suspect that number will probably get bet up to like 22, just like it did the Masters. He's not playing great. Not awesome. Um, two I placed pretty early, though, because of the past palm lead. I got Finau and Hovland both at 40 to 1 right now. I actually like that. I like that. I, I, no problem with that. I, I think Fino might end up winning this thing. Like, it's, how cool? How cool would that be? By the way, it would be. And you know what? This is basically just a souped-up WGC. No, it kind of fits some of his, you know, his strengths. So, and I, I really like the Hovland one too. That number is down to like under thirty to one right yeah, now. So yeah, yeah. I, I like Hovland there. Thanks, thanks for the lead on that, Steve. <laughs> um, Terrell Hatton forty-five to one. Slight regret. He's he's really. I slightly regret that too. I mean, I bet that right after he went to Abu Dhabi, like, yeah. and the kind of the floor fell out. Now here's to that. I think they're going to make you really jealous. Okay. They're both 125 to 1. Oh, okay. Okay. About a month ago, found Cam Smith 125 to 1. What? Yep. This was before he, I think it was right after he had a top 10 somewhere. And I, and I caught a book napping. God. I bet that. And then this is why you need to shop around prices. I caught a book napping on Monday. At Corey Connors, one twenty-five to one. Okay, I'm definitely jealous of that. That's fucking that's like two times the odds that are available. Never exactly. mind that exactly. Cam Smith like one. Man, if you ever see one of my guys fucking hanging a number like that, you fuck, I don't give a shit what time of day it is. Fucking text me, and I will immediately go bet it. What are you doing? I, I don't think you let me down, bro. I don't think you have access to this book, unfortunately. Oh, no. and, and they're not accepting new deposits. So, yeah, I'm actually looking for a way out. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Now. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> but it's there. So if anybody's on that book and uh, it's, a, it's a much worse book than WinBet. But yes. Um, yeah. The, so those are the six I have. Um, and then I'm probably just going to wait. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of guys I mentioned up top, like Webb really piques my interest. Patrick Reed piques my interest. I actually posted a, a column uh, that's good that went up a couple hours ago about value plays. Um, I mentioned Cam Smith. He's 50 to one right now. That number, I've seen a lot of 30s on him. So if you can still find a 50, I think you should bet it. He doesn't fit the trend, but you know what? I mean, he's playing great. You know, he fits a lot of good. There's a lot of things about that, about his game that fits Kiowa. If you can find a 50, bet it. Um I'm really intrigued by the Song J sixty to one number, and I've, I've kind of everyone's off him. And here's I've been a little, maybe a little unfair to him. And I, I got I looked a little deeper into Song J because he does have a lot of like top twenties lately. So strokes gain stats are lying a little bit. 
he hits every fairway and he's got decent length. So his strokes gain off the tee numbers are awesome. The strokes gain approach numbers are awful, but he ranks 29th in greens and regulation percentage. So something is not adding up there. I'm not exactly sure why. But when you're hitting as well you are off the tee and you're hitting all the greens and you're as good of a putter as he is, you're going to do well. And he's an elite putter. He has elite accuracy. I mean, I, 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 I named a couple guys in the 2012 leaderboard that basically fit his exact profile. Yeah, I mean, so, look, I, it's probably the wrong number. But well, it's 60 to 1 right now. Yeah, it's, look, I mean, I hear you. Yeah, it's, it's, just, different than, it's different than when he was like 35. I was like, okay, yeah. let's cut the brace. Now it's 60, and he's, and he's not popular. That number might keep sliding. I, I might end up jumping on that if it, it gets mm-hmm. a little more. Um, and then Matt Wallace is 150 to 1. Like he fits, there was a lot of Euro players that did really well at Kiowa in 2012. He kind of fits that mold now. Like I, I like the fact that it seems like he, so he replaces caddy with um, Gareth Lord. He used to caddy for my boy, Henrik Stenson and uh, not your boy, Justin Rose. Uh, <laughs> used to be his guy. And it seems like it's been working out pretty well ever since. Yeah. And I, I mentioned, they've mentioned the Valero that like Wallace, a real hothead. Gareth Lord's really laid back. It seems like the two are really like meshing. Well, He's been yeah. playing great. He's one fifty to one. So that's how that's how when me and Tommy get on the course. That's how we play well because I'm a fucking lunatic and Tommy's fucking laid back, and so I feed off some of his stuff and he's able to rein me in. Man. Are you comparing <laughs> yourself to Matt Wallace and uh, Gareth Lord? Oh, <laughs> shut the fuck up! No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So anyway, so those are the bets we're on. You can go read in my column. Like if you can find those prices, you know, maybe jump on that. But I I, I would probably wait. Uh, if you haven't gotten anything right now, unless you can find anybody 50 to 1 or more, you know, you don't need to bet like Burger right now. You don't need to bet Reed. Like, they're all priced down. See what the weather is. See what their form is. And we still have a month away. You know, a lot can change. Like, I know I read off a lot of those names up top that fit the narrative right now. They might not fit that, those trends in a month. So, you know, anyone under 50 to 1, you don't have to bet. You know, lay off and let's see what happens. All right, man. Listen, I I agree. So listen, uh, come to the Slack channel. Uh, we'll uh, we'll drop some uh, some in round stuff. If we see anything interesting uh, for the Zurich, uh, uh, the DraftKings thing ran uh, this week. So if, if you want to come play DraftKings with us, man, uh, hit us up on the link and uh, you can come play on that. Uh, I randomly threw a lineup in there and hopefully uh, I remember to change it. And <laughs> and yeah, other than that, man, follow me on Twitter, boss underscore cap, or go to all Steve's articles at sportsgamerpodcast.com. The Slack uh, link is in his bio. Uh, come get his knowledge as uh, the weekend goes for the round-to-round matchups and everything else. And uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, uh, Fuck it. Let's break the books. Let's go.